Employ project towards enhancing transitions to graduate careers for non-traditional students. What's coming up from the interviews with the, with the students, especially uh, students from uh, other races? It's there seem to be an intersection of uh, of race and uh, socioeconomic status. Um, a few students that I've uh, uh, spoken with that I've interviewed. They, they talked about uh, being discriminated against on the basis of uh, where they came from, mm -hmm. on the basis of race, and also on the basis of their socioeconomic status, especially those who are doing uh, business-related courses. Because when they go for um, uh, internship, they're expected to, to dress smart, and that adds to the points of uh, the chances of being employed permanently. So in most cases, they struggle to to get uh, nice clothes, so that disadvantages them. Um, as some students feel uh, they are discriminated against on the basis of their names, because they are able to tell that they come from a different background, so they, they aren't even invited for interviews. From Spain, I think there's one important point we have to keep in mind is that for many students, they perceive that they have no opportunity to get into the labor market because after the economical crisis, there is no job offers. And I think this is an important thing we have to remember because it's not only that you get prepared, that you get what uh, experience or you get language or you get whatever, but also is the number of real opportunities you, you really have. Especially in the south of Spain, Andalusia, where, where we are. And that's the, even in the final job, they know that they will be working in very precarious conditions for many years. We have the same in, in Portugal. Precarity is one of the biggest problems. And because of the crisis, uh, non-traditional students do have some difficulties in getting jobs or changing jobs. It is sometimes difficult to recognize experience. And uh, although employers talk about uh, and appreciate the experience and uh, the fact that they are non-traditional students, they don't hire uh, many non, uh, lots of uh, non-traditional students. So. We still have in Portugal also unemployment and hiring constraints in all sectors because of the crisis and um, I think we are going to have that for a long time. And uh, we think that uh, also career services don't help um, students to integrate and to do this process because in Portugal most of the higher education institutions are now, now beginning to organize these kind of services. We do have some examples of two institutions in Portugal that do this for a long time, but they are not uh, aware of the difficulties and the challenges. Still not aware. Yeah. I mean, in Ireland, I think that many students are motivated by the idea of actually getting a degree can make a big difference. Uh, to your life, <coughs> overall, to personal development, but also to the type of job you get. So the, the big challenge, the one that people keep returning to is, well, can I find a job that fits my interests and skills and passions. And, and, and that, that's, um, I don't think the situation is quite as sharp as, as Spain or Portugal, but that can be a very uh, difficult process. And certainly we're encountering uh, a good deal of precarity, and sometimes in public service positions, like teaching uh, comes to mind, because um, 
because of the crisis, there was m massive cuts, and mm -hmm. there's less for uh, permanent positions than there might have been previously. So, so the, the challenge of precarity, but I think the, the broader challenge is a sort of a challenge to, to, to shape a life in, in the way that, that suits your own needs and uh, capabilities. And I just would like to stress that we uh, have interviewed uh, majority mature students and these uh, students uh, were looking for an opportunity or to have a chance to progress uh, in their careers. Uh, and uh, in private sector, um, not, usually they have a chance than uh, uh, in a public sector because uh, nowadays the public sector uh, are uh, with uh, constraints, uh, economic uh, economic con constraints. Mm -hmm. I think I think that is really interesting what you're saying, uh, and I do think that the labour market has has much to do with the opportunities for for students in general, but also for non-traditional students. From the Swedish perspective, uh, students are really anxious to. Uh, start applying for jobs. Uh, they think, you know, traditional students think they don't look the right, they're not the right person, they don't fit in the standard model, they don't have the right language, uh, they don't have the right age. But when we look at it from a retrospective perspective, most of the students get quite good jobs. Uh, the only uh, thing we have seen actually is that it's harder for mature students. If you have family responsibility, you have more difficulties in following the right path, and you have, uh, are actually facing much more uh, of discrimination than we thought from the beginning. So that is something, as I said before, the employers doesn't even think about it. But that is what comes out, actually. Uh, when it comes to Poland, uh, what Fergal mentioned, uh, the importance of placement. It's important both for the future employment, because you need to demonstrate it in your CV to be employed, but also in the Polish context, uh, placement is a mandatory part of the courses. So for non-traditional students, the same reason Camilla mentioned, those who are adult with uh, family obligations or having other jobs, it's very difficult to put the life on pause and attend three-month mandatory placement. So this is a very tricky part. They're at risk of dropping out and they're at risk of not getting the degree and not getting a good job. And that's why, from our perspective, that was the most concern that non-traditional students uh, were, were addressing. How to make it work and once they are able to make it work, how to find a good placement of the good quality, that's very important for them. They wanted to have that experience, but very often when they are received by the employers who are offering the statements, it's not a good quality, it doesn't add a lot of uh, uh, to their actual skills and development. So they really wanted this to be a significant uh, space of learning for them. Very often it's not. Uh, yeah, it's, it's also coming out uh, in, in the UK, especially among non-traditional students who are families. They find it quite hard to juggle between competing needs, looking after their families, you know, working and also um, attending classes. So much as they might graduate with a degree, they still feel that they have to acquire skills more than just academic skills. They need, most of them are saying, most employers are looking for um, graduates uh, who are skillful in IT. 
information technology. And the University of Warwick does offer such programs for free. But it's quite difficult for non-traditional students you know, to attend classes, to look after their family, to have a job, and besides that, also attend IT classes. So that seems to work against them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think for, for, from our perspective in Ireland, there are significant challenges. There's challenges of resources, there's challenges of time, there's the, the burden of care, which, which you're discussing. But very often people do face into those challenges with, with great strength and, and resilience and acuity and actually manage those challenges. You know? So, I, I mean, one of the things I would say coming out of the interview process is that I've been struck by how willing people are to give of themselves over an extended period of time to, to meet challenges. You know, and, and, and some of them are the challenge of coming to college and getting through college, some, some of the challenges of trying to find your fit, some of the challenges of juggling um, perceptions of yourself even. You know, and there's, 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 there's tremendous challenges, but there's also a capacity, which isn't always rewarded in the labour market, unfortunately, to meet challenges in, in a very, very productive and, and uh, agentic way. I can comment what the Furball just said, that uh, in our cases we found the examples of this kind of struggle as an emancipatory learning process. That is actually really interesting because we looked at, we analyzed uh, these kind of interviews, you saw that the younger students that were really anxious, they sort of felt it like crisis the few months that they were sort of searching for jobs. But the mature students, they didn't think about it as a crisis because they had their life experiences. So they were doing okay in their lives, despite that they couldn't get work. <laughs> so I think that is also interesting to look into, that it's different because depending on the kind of age you're in and how you look at your life situation. Uh, I, I think there's a challenge of how you're perceived uh, yeah. uh, by employers. If you're older or if you've got more care commitments and people do talk about that, you know, feeling that they're they're being overlooked because they don't, you know, they're not a 19-year-old who's flexible in the same way as a 19-year-old with their care commitments might be. So age has come up as, as a big challenge, and certainly people have reported as as they feel <coughs> that maybe they're they're being misrecognised by employers as in, okay, you're over a certain age and you're not going to be dynamic enough, or you're not going to be able to to change and adapt, uh, adapt to uh, changing circumstances in the company and that type of thing. So there's those type of challenges. Challenges of perception or misperception. There are also uh, psychological factors. I mean, in the uh, case of uh, students with disability, mm -hmm. I think we haven't mentioned them. Yeah. Um, in Spain, we have a special law that obliges every enterprise, every big enterprise, to keep a Two percent uh, percentage of quota for them to come into into the enterprise. So it's really easy for them to find jobs when they finish their degree. But sometimes uh, there are psychological factors like uh, a lack of self confidence in them to apply for those jobs because they feel they don't have the skill. They feel that their personal situation, their health situation, would affect the possibility to develop a job in a big enterprise. So I think that uh, not all traditional students have the same uh, starting point. And maybe they, they have the specific situations that we should mention. The, it, there are clear differences between those countries where 
the crash and subsequent recession and austerity have created major problems in the graduate labour market. Um, and those countries where things are more nuanced, and I think England and Sweden, um, there's a much less sharp um, effect of austerity and the recession on graduate employment than there is in, say, Portugal or Spain or probably Ireland as well, I think. Um, so I think there are some distinctions there, and I would be looking um, quite hard at whether we're going to see future effects of that on that generation of graduates who enter the labour market in bad times and whether, as in other research on young people at times of austerity and unemployment, that there's a longer term scarring as a result of that. So I think that's something to keep an eye out for in future. The, the one issue that hasn't come up in this particular conversation is that of emigration. Um, in the case of Portugal, Ireland and Poland, many of the graduates who leave university in bad times will be leaving the country to work, to find work uh, abroad and that isn't um, nearly so much the case in, in say Sweden and um, uh, 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 England, nor I think in Spain, so to quite the same extent. So I wonder whether that's something we might be thinking about as well, is, is, is migration and to what extent non-traditional students are able to emigrate in quite the same way as, as more traditional, um, conventional young students from relatively advantaged backgrounds. The other point I just really wanted to make is that overall, across the piece, um, there is still, tough times or not, still a huge labour market advantage in having a degree, in having a third level qualification. And that the unemployment rates for those who don't have such qualifications, and particularly for the least well qualified, are just out of sight compared with that of graduates. So the first, first qualification we ought to make is that despite all the problems, despite the challenges, having a degree still gives you a relative advantage in general. Not for every individual, not for every group, but in general it does. Um, the second is that the non-traditional students, of course, they face challenges. Um, but those challenges can also be turned into a bit of an advantage because you can then say, I've demonstrated resilience, I've demonstrated initiative, I've demonstrated responsibility. Um, and some, certainly some non-traditional students will be looking relatively strong in, the, in terms of their CV and their profile when it comes to finding work. Not, again, not everybody, but it's not always such a huge disadvantage to have faced those challenges in getting into university and then sustaining yourself through it. Yeah, I think it's very important to remember that there is a bit of an advantage to, to having a degree uh, compared to not having a degree, but it's, it's far less certain than it was. And, and, and certainly I, I was talking to uh, a colleague last week in the University of Ulster, uh, Kieran Burke, and he, he was pointing to <coughs> a lot of graduate underemployment as well. You know, so graduates are getting into yes. jobs, yes. but not always with the right conditions or not always with full contracts. That's, that's absolutely true. And if you look at, the, you look at the data for the UK, as opposed to just England, but the UK as a whole, um, mature graduates are more likely to be employed than conventional graduates. And that's partly attributable to their, their ability to find work in relatively precarious or non-graduate positions. Partly. Not entirely. Can I just add a footnote myself, just behind the mic? Um, and it's just, I suppose, my own reaction to the research and a little bit about when we talk about the university and employers and a bit of in the interests of um, research reflexivity if you like that you know the university is also an employer 
um, and one of its employees is people like me. So there's there's also things like where precarity is really high in universities. Yes. And for me, there's been a real irony throughout this double bind throughout this process where I'm talking to people yeah. for precarious yeah. uh, work, non-traditional students. I, I feel like talking and looking talking to a mirror, you know, at times. And um, so there's there's a kind of an honesty about an ethics of the research that we're doing as well that I think we need to hold the mirror up a little bit to ourselves that the precarity also exists if you like in this room and it also exists uh, within the, the spaces of yes yeah. <laughs> comrades and precarity uh, that, that, that the uh, universities have a responsibility as well um, as an employer and also as, as places where, where knowledge is, is, is held to be important. staff policy and so on. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's, a, there's an irony on the irony, which is that um, for people in their third age, um, and I've been, been one of those in the room, uh, for people in their third age, precarity can be a welcome um, opportunity. Uh, and I, wearing another Irish hat, I've been involved in some work on old workers in Ireland, and one of the interesting phenomena is the gig economy. Yep. For some workers yeah. who have a resource, yeah. be that a car, be that a home, be whatever, um, the, the gig economy is a real opportunity to supplement your pension, or whatever it might be, and also to get out of the house and do something more interesting. So, so the kind of precarity, we, we should be careful not to sort of even see precarity as simply one kind of experience. Yeah. Many kinds of experience, with a very particular one, I think very different for people like myself or Agnieszka than it is for somebody like yourself um, or, or Liliana. Yeah. I think we're talking about very different types of experience. The Employee Project is funded by the European Union through Erasmus+, and involves six partner universities from across Europe. For more information on the project, go to employ.dsw.edu.pl or follow Employ on Twitter at Employ2016.